If you turn over, you'll find the psalm on the back of the collect sheet. The psalm speaks of God, our helper. And I invite you to read these words with me as part of our worship this morning. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not suffer your foot to stumble. He who watches over you will not sleep. Behold, he who keeps watch over Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand, so that the sun shall not strike you by day, neither the moon by night. The Lord shall keep you from all evil. It is he who shall keep your soul. The Lord shall keep watch over your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel is written in the third chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning at verse 1. Glory Glory be be to thee, O Lord. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. 
I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. And on page six. you would like a title for this morning's talk, The Renewal of Life in Christ by the Wind of God's Spirit. And a text, verse 8 of the Gospel reading, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And a prayer, which is a variation on a very simple song, which I've often used as a way of thinking about what we're looking for when we come to the Scriptures. It's a prayer to the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, show me Jesus and all the fullness of his love for me. Spirit of God, show us Jesus and all the fullness of his love for us as your community here in this place. Amen. I'd like you to imagine that you are present with one of the earliest Christian communities at a time when the Bible, the Gospels, had not yet been written down. And so in a meeting, let's imagine a young man, maybe he's been a slave and is now released and is part of the Christian community, he starts telling a familiar story a Jesus story. And those around, like yourself, you join in. You add emphasis or little details. And it's as though you're overhearing the conversation between Jesus and the other people. 
as a community. They retell this Jesus story until they feel again the impact of those words on themselves. And they then respond with their love and their worship and their faith. Maybe we can enter today's sermon in a similar attitude of overhearing a conversation with Jesus. Between Jesus and his nighttime visitor, Nicodemus, the Jewish leader. Because Nicodemus had seen Jesus, but he did not yet want to be seen with Jesus. Showing an interest in this uh, radical rabbi. He'd seen Jesus and seen the signs that Jesus did. And these pointed clearly to God being at work. Verse 2 of our reading, Nicodemus believes this is God at work, albeit outside the official channels. So as we retell this story, we get to verse 3, as it is now in our text. And we have an important question. How do we hear verse 3? Jesus declares, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. How do you hear that verse? Is it, and maybe that's how I hear it until I've been thinking more recently about it, is it saying, Nicodemus, there's no hope for you. You've not had that transforming heavenly encounter being born from above. You can't see the kingdom of God without that, you know. Verse 5, you can't enter the kingdom of God without being born again. Verse 7, this time the you is plural. You, you the congregation, likewise, cannot engage with heaven without that new birth. And that may be part of what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus by way of challenge. But also, as you read the story as a whole, through the lens of verse 8, maybe there are four pointers in a slightly different direction. The wind blows wherever it pleases. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Pointer number one, Nicodemus, have you noticed the way the wind is blowing? Jesus provokes Nicodemus to reflect, and he provokes us to reflect on the question, what is happening in our lives at the moment? And in particular, what is God doing in our lives at the moment? In my life, in the very privileged position of being in retirement, in your life, on the second Sunday of Lent, what is going on and where is God by his spirit, blowing gently but firmly in his way. Jesus, in effect, I hear saying to Nicodemus, you've got it right, Nicodemus. God is at work in me. And his light is dawning on your nighttime darkness. You're starting out on quite a journey. 
Only God knows where it will end. So I'm wondering how God is stirring you as you come to worship this morning. As I wonder if Nicodemus recognized that God was stirring him in even bringing him to have an encounter with Jesus in this way. Point number two. So Nicodemus, let me give you a clue about what God is doing. Two phrases, and we find them in verse 17 of the reading. Not condemning, but saving. So, yes, Jesus says to Nicodemus, you cannot see, you cannot enter, you must be born again. But he's not saying it to condemn, but to save. Yes, the world is organized in all sorts of ways, totally without reference to the living God. But God is reaching out a rescuing hand. God is shedding light into the darkness. God is at work and inviting your response and mine. Pointer number three. Nicodemus, think again about your Old Testament. Well, he probably didn't say Old Testament. Hebrew scriptures. Remember the book of Numbers? The plague of snakes killing the people and God telling Moses to make a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and those who looked up to the snake were healed. That's where the Jesus story will end too. Verse 14, as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Crowned, enthroned on a cross so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So yes, Nicodemus, you're right. Verse 4, Jesus cannot mean that by being born again or born from above, you can't go back to your mum and start again and do better. That won't work. Rebirth or birth from above is about recognizing the life giver who comes from above, the life giver who gave his life. And would you believe it, Nicodemus? In a few months' time, you'll be part of that story when you and your friend Joseph carry 34 kilograms of spices with the body of Jesus and lay it gently in a tomb. So pointer number four. Let's remember, Nicodemus, what we know about our covenant creator God already. Nicodemus, you've probably prayed Psalm 121 many times. Maybe since you were a child. Maybe even your family went up the hill from the Jordan Valley to Jerusalem, looking up to the hills, looking to God for help 
in the time of pilgrimage. Or, or certainly, you've, in your imagination, you've traveled that journey year by year, raising your eyes, looking to God's temple, the place where God is present, remembering your creator, helper, Lord. And as the psalm says, as we lift up our eyes, we wonder about where God's help is coming from. And we recognize, yes, the creator is the helper. Verse 7, the creator, helper, Lord, keeps body and soul together. He will keep you now, Nicodemus, from all evil. The creator, helper, Lord, in time and eternity, keeps watch. And he's watching over you, Nicodemus, even now. The creator, helper, Lord, keeps watch over you, over his trusting people. And you, Nicodemus, as you continue and as you learn again to trust him. So, Nicodemus, to conclude, we would say verse 5 in the reading. It's the wind of God's spirit blowing, magnetizing you, drawing you deeper into the love of your covenant, caring, helping, giving, saving God. And it will be through the water of baptism, Nicodemus, that you will go publicly to affirm your allegiance to me as your Lord. Now, as we come back from the first century into the 21st, we say that this was not just a one-off event in Nicodemus's life. The wind of God's Spirit really was at work, transforming him, enlarging, reshaping, changing the connection between a man of faith in the covenant God of the Old Testament replacing the focus in the person of Jesus. And in chapter 7, verse 50, we hear Nicodemus speaking up in defense of Jesus. You don't condemn someone without giving him a fair hearing, he said. And yes, in chapter 19, verse 39, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea did go to the tomb, bearing, as our footnote helpfully says, 34 kilograms of spices. So Lent, for us, like for Nicodemus, can be a time for repentance and renewal, for the renewal of life in Christ Jesus by the wind of God's Spirit. If you reflect on the collect, the collect for the day speaks of the God who's in the business of showing to those who are in error the light of his truth that we may return to the way of righteousness. That's what God does, regularly reaching out, renewing, drawing, refreshing. And as we reflect on the God who does that, we are invited to come to communion with our empty hands to receive again what the loving, giving, and saving God in Christ 
wants to do for us as we look and receive and trust and live and rejoice. And if by any chance you picked up the Lent 2020 list of scriptures to learn by heart, you'll know that number one in that list is John 3, verse 16. And if you're alert through the liturgy this morning, we come to the comfortable words when we shall again read those words of God's caring, giving love, inviting us to respond in trust and in joy. And when it comes to the intercessions, the help that we ask for ourselves, we shall also pray for others. Amen. Let your that they may see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven.